Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. BBN, we are up in here for another episode of the Believe in Kentucky podcast alongside the 96 MOP, 96 champ, UK legend, Tony T.D. Delp. This is Vinny Hardy. How are we doing today, T.D.? Man, we doing great, man. Just got back from a nice vacation in Cancun. So it's, uh, as we say, it's back to the real world, you know? So uh, when you get a chance to take a vacation, man, you get a chance to reboot the brain and you know, have some different thoughts when you get back. But when you can spend five days away from the uh, U.S., and I will say this, Mexico was pretty clean. And what I mean by that is everyone was practicing social distancing, but also everyone had a mask on. So it was, it was impressive how it was at the hotel. And even when we got into the uh, – when we arrived in Mexico in Cancun, was that they had everything set up at the airport. And uh, I couldn't have felt any safer. So mm. big ups to uh, – Mexico for taking care of us. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. You got to kick back and chill. You've been running and grinding and running and grinding some more ever since we've been doing this podcast. So yeah, you got to exhale, not have to be nowhere at a certain time or rip and run and do none of that. So that's that's good, man. That's all everybody needs that. We do, man. We do. I think everyone needs it in their life and uh like I said, to be honest with you, it's kind of refreshing just to get a chance to go somewhere and, uh, you know, like I said, just lay out and relax and not worry about anything. But although I was I was in Mexico, I was still getting text messages every day. So it was like I was still working. I didn't like that. <laughs> you just can't get all the way away. Can't from- get away, man. I mean, just let, can, can, we, can we let a man just go and, and, and enjoy just being away, man? And, and when I say I'm on vacation, that means I'm on vacation. That means don't call me. Uh-huh. I don't need to hear from you. You know what I'm saying? I hope you're doing well. But if it's not an emergency, do not call me because I cannot help you. I'm in Mexico. That's right. That's right. And y'all check us out as always. Believe.com. Give us five stars on Instagram. Wherever you get your podcast, Tony and I will be there every week. Subscribe, follow, tell your friends and family. And it's always a good time to check out the Believe in Kentucky podcast. Speaking of time pieces, Tony. I know you heard that saying maybe when we was little, somebody asked you, what time is it? And, and they'll say, look, it's time for you to get a watch. Well, <laughs> it's time, when it's time to get a watch here, we go to La Terrain. I know you know all about them. You've been repping them. Beautiful time pieces. I've seen your wrist on Instagram. I've seen yeah, man. Getting the brand. Dave, the owner there, being the marketing guy, they're doing great things and building this brand. A lot of great time pieces already there. A lot of great time pieces on the way. La Tyrain is doing it, man. Well, I'm I'm gonna talk to Dave about putting me a a blue piece together. You know what I'm saying? So I can so we can represent Kentucky the best we can. So I think the next band I'm gonna talk to him about is uh, getting us a blue band with our nice compass watch and seeing what it looks like with blue on. You know what I'm saying? I like the red, but I think blue blue looks better on us. What do you think? I, I agree wholeheartedly, man. And I think I think they are capable of, of coming up with, with just that perfect blue on a La Terrain watch. And, oh, man, 
talk about just catching eyes. You see that on your suit, on your wrist, you come in somewhere, oh, man, it's over. Well, I'm, I'm all about, I, I, I tell you what, what usually happens, I mean, I have a lady now, so, but the first thing women would always tell me, like, listen, I look at tennis shoes, <laughs> your shoes are, whether they tennis shoes or just dress shoes, that and also watches, a timepiece. Timepiece speaks volume for what a man looks like, not, 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 not a boy now. We're not talking about boys. We're talking about men have on nice watches. So I recommend anyone that's listening, get a chance, go to La Terrain, and you'll be able to find a nice timepiece that fits you. And if you're a single man, I'm telling you, that young lady's going to love that watch on your wrist. Absolutely. Upgrade your wrist today with La Terrain. You can find them on <laughs> at La, L-A underscore Terrain, uh, Instagram, la underscore terrain underscore watches facebook just straight up la terrain watches you can email them sales at la terrain.com they'll be happy to help you any kind of questions you have any needs you got they will take care of you on all their forms of social media check them out get yourself a la terrain timepiece um also man we gotta give a, a thanks to uh, a sea of blue the crew up there, Jason Markham and everybody at Sea of Blue, the SB Nation site, uh, they're posting our episodes on their site every week. We got a lot of new listeners uh, from Kentucky. My home. You get some more love, man. Is that what you're telling me? A lot of first-time listeners there, and we appreciate it. And hope if y'all enjoyed what you heard last week with, with Jason Campbell, keep coming each and every week. We'll have great episodes going forward. Go ahead and subscribe and it'll come to your phone or your tablet each and every week. You won't have to look for it. It'll come to you. So big ups to a sea of blue and Jason Markham for, for posting our podcast episodes on their website. Jason, we appreciate it, man. Keep them, keep them coming. Hey, we'll keep them coming. You keep, you keep posting them. That's our thing. That's it. We got Kentucky playing Ole Miss tomorrow. Uh, at Kroger Field, Ole Miss Rebels come to town. Ole Miss lost to Florida by 16, lost 51-35. Kentucky lost at Auburn by 16, 29-13. Both teams looking for their first win. Lane Kiffin and company and Ole Miss coming to town tomorrow. We're going to have Jordan Dollinger on. She's from the Believe in Everything Ole Miss podcast. Get her on here in just a few minutes for a quick preview of the matchup. But while we do that real quick, TB, before we TD, before we get into the finals and all that, I know you've been on vacation. Had you heard about the back and forth with, with Chris Mack and Cal? Had you heard about that little? Ooh, you know what, man? I'm, I'm in the car, and, you know, I, I saw Chris Mack, and it was like uh, Chris Mack is, is going at Coach Cal. I'm like, you know, that, that, that drew my interest right there. But I tell you, you know, Chris Mack had some things to say, man. He was, you know, he kind of. Kind of was called a cow. I was, I was, I was shocked by that. I'm like, okay, man, you know, cow, you gonna let this man call you out like this, and uh, you gonna not, you gonna not respond. But I, I think Cal got something, something up his sleeves. But you know, hey, when a man come at you hard like that, man, you know, he's kind of like saying, hey, you know what? I feel pretty good about my team. How you feel about your team? You a wrestling guy? You old school WWE? Was was Chris Mack pulling a little promo there? That was kind of wrestling worthy, wasn't it? Hey, it was, man. But you know, like I said, when when someone is pulling that show, pull on your coattail like that, you know, and, and especially, you know, as men, we have big egos, especially college coaches that have even bigger egos. So I expect for Coach Cal to respond. I don't know when he's gonna respond, but seemed like 
what Chris was saying, like he backed out and, and you know, didn't inform anyone, try to try to cost them a game. I'm like, hold on now, man. You just I mean, he went deep into it. I mean, he went, he went, like I said, that, that's one conversation that, you know, you got to have on the phone or no, better yet, not on the phone. Somebody could be listening. You got to have that conversation in person. So what he did was he aired out their business. And mm-hmm. most time, you know, men don't do that. Real men, they, you know, they pick up the phone or they're they going, I'm going to see you in person. But uh, he, he took care of his business on social media. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see what Coach Cal had to say about this because mm-hmm. now when he put it, what he did was he put it on Coach Cal to make a decision. Yeah, and he Cal tweeted out, we'll see you on December 26th. You know, can't wait. But to me, I think, I don't know if you you might have been on the beach for Chris Mack's first quote. Before he put out the video, he said, basically, he said, there's no equity. He kept using the word equity. There's no equity in Kentucky coming to the Yum Center this year with no fans. And then next year we go to Rupp Arena in front of 21,000 people. We can't can't help what Corona's doing. There's a lot of teams playing home games with no fans. So he was kind of whining, like, oh, they come to Louisville this year with no fans, and next year we got to go to Rupp in front of a full house. And Cal said, Cal said before this, he said, he said, this virus is not going anywhere. He said, we're not running this virus. This virus is running us. He said, Who's to say that next year we might still be playing in front of no fans? Right. Lakington. So Chris Mack kind of popped off and, and kind of whined. And then he came with the video and tried to come hard because Louisville fans and Kentucky fans want the game to be played. I think even Louisville fans was like, what? You trying to talk about canceling the game? What? So he tried to kind of rebound with that video is what I think he did. And this is how I look at it, too. It's not a rivalry when, when, when you've been getting beat down every year. So, I mean, the rivalry is like every two or three years you win. But, I mean, since Coach Cal has been at Kentucky, I mean, what what rivalry? There hasn't been a rivalry. Cal has been dragging. He's been dragging Louisville. And that will continue, to be honest with you. But how I look at it, I, I like Chris Mack. You know, he's a, a really good coach. I think when they hired him, they hired someone who brought some energy and someone who was, you know, really – really great at recruiting. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, when the matchup occurs, but it's always going to be a game where, um, you know, Kentucky is going to be favored. And especially when it's with fans or without fans, Kentucky is always delivered. And Coach Cal is probably success rate is, you know, in, in the nineties, I would say, but you know, Coach Cal is not worried about that. You know, as we say, we have bigger fish to fry. Yeah. And then look, the, the Bryce Hopkins kid that was committed to Louisville decommitted, and a lot of people think he might decide to come to Kentucky. So that's that's another mm-hmm. that's another little knife in Louisville's back if he decides to come to Kentucky. It's oh, fast absolutely. Speed. We are we already know we we already know how how that's gonna look if if that happens. You know, he really gonna we think we think he's upset now. He's gonna be <laughs> even more upset. <laughs> exactly. Um, I just said. Sent Jordan an email from Believe in Ole Miss, and so she'll probably hop on in a minute. But while we wait for her, man, I got to ask you, your boy, the good cop while you was there, your KP, Billy Donovan, is now the coach of the Chicago Bulls. What do you think about that, going from the west to the east? Yeah. Well, I, I think there was there was two really good hires, and that's that was a good hire because, you know, you take a coach that had, been, that had led OKC to the playoffs, you know, I think four out of five years or five years ever since he's been there. So he has the experience that is needed. And 
I think Chicago has so much young talent. You know, when you have a lot of young talent is you got to see what you can bring in as far as from an experienced coach to get that talent to, to get past, you know, just being a team with potential. You know, now you got to see if this team can get to the playoffs and then see if you can get to the first, second round. But I think the goal is to try to get this team to the playoff with all the talent that they have in Chicago. And I think he'll bring a, a experienced staff there, but just – him being a good players coach is something that players enjoy playing for. And he was that in college and he's been that same kind of coach in the NBA. Um, another good hire, you know, I think Philly with them hiring uh, Doc Rivers. I mean, they, they didn't waste no time with that hire, you know, so I thought that was, that was another really great hire to pick up and hopefully he can motivate Embiid and, uh, and Simmons, you know, to get those guys back on the same page and, I think with them, it's just really staying healthy. Like, how can these guys, as good as they are, stay healthy, play together? But, you know, the best year they had was the year they got to uh, – was last year, you know, and just getting to that Eastern Conference Finals, and those two guys were surrounded by shooters. So, it's all in how you build that team, and when you build it, you got to build around Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. I don't think either, either one of those guys needs to be traded. I just think what you have to do is you got to figure out how can these two guys be the best players – in the, in the Eastern Conference and get us to a East Conference Finals. And if he can do that, then I think he'll, he'll, be, he'll be one of those coaches that, you know, uh, I think it's a new challenge for him. You know, sometimes you need to be driven and also sometimes staying in one place you get kind of complacent. And I thought that that Clipper job was everyone knew the face with Doc Rivers. And it was like, okay – you know, they had injuries with Blake Griffin, uh, CP3, and then they didn't have – they had a short bench one year. And then this year they, the expectation was extremely high from all parties involved, uh, including the owner, you know, with with, uh, with Ballmer. You know, Steve Ballmer, he was – you know, he was – I think he was oh, at he... a point of – he was at a point of not understanding, like, how could we not get to the Western Conference Finals? With just – with all the money I spent and giving up all the draft picks – because they gave up so much to get Paul George. I don't, I don't think a lot of people know that they basically gave their future way to get Paul George. And whenever you do that, I mean, that's the most important thing is that we got to get something in return. And being a good businessman, I mean, he didn't get, he didn't get his money. He, he didn't get his money back. You know what I'm saying? He didn't get the money that he gave out in return. So when you, when you don't get that, somebody has to – be fired or somebody has to be held accountable. And that, and that was Doc Rivers. So I'm not, I'm not that surprised. Um, I'm more surprised with, like I said, they just didn't get to the, to the West conference finals and it would have been a great series against the Lakers, but uh, they wasn't deserving. Uh, Denver was a better team. Yeah. Now if you're Doc and I mean, how much has this been going on through his entire career anyway, but Ben Simmons, do you, you get a shooting coach in? Do you try to do work on his shot yourself? Or you just kind of work on the overall offense? Do you mess with his game? Do you what do you do with Ben? Ben is is interesting because he kind of reminds me of like, and not to say Magic Johnson was a great shooter, but at that size, you know, Magic became a better standstill three-point shooter as his career, as yeah. his career evolved, but also as he got older. And I think that's just something he has to work on in the offseason, man. I don't think that's Doc's job just to all of a sudden, man, he got to go in and do uh, be a player development coach for, you know, a grown man, you know, third or fourth year. I mean, he should know this right now. It shouldn't take Doc to tell him, hey, you know what, 
Ben, this is what you got to do in order to help yourself, but also help this team out. I think it's something that Ben has to take upon himself, you know, and say, hey, man, I'm going to come back. I'm going I'm I'm to start from 14, 18 feet, knocking down shots, and then you can always extend your range. Because even when I watch Giannis play, I think Giannis kind of went from dunking to shooting threes, and he forgot about the mid-range game. And you kind of – you would see him doing – segments of game where he shoots air balls i'm like man how, how can he shoot air balls but when you really have skip stages and skip steps and you just go straight from okay being a inside finishing around the rim to not really being a mid-range shooter but now i'm gonna shoot threes and i think then you got to slowly work him out there you can't just say hey, man just because the game has gone in that direction we gotta we gotta make sure you're a three-point shooter no we gotta work on you putting in knocking down shots from from 12 to 14 to 16 and then as that game as a shooting evolved you can always add a few more inches to his game but I just think what Doc is going to bring to those guys is that you know definitely championship experience but I think for Doc him getting fired like it should bring life to him again because now as you was revered as this great coach that won a championship with the Celtics you're not revered like that anymore you revered as one of those coaches that has a 3-1 lead a 3-2 lead a 2-0 lead and you lost. So how do you get that that hunger and that energy back? So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how he um, – how this deal plays out for him. You know, five years, and, you know, he has five years to not only get this team to the playoff, but, you know, expectations are not going to be as high as they were for uh, for the Clippers. But those Philly fans are some tough fans, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> so, yeah, he's going to have to – I mean, they're expecting him to – pick up where Brett Brown left off and, and get him over the hump. Yeah. yeah, I do. I mean, when, when you when you constantly give someone a five-year deal, that means we believe in you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's not like he's – like, like Brett Brown was in the rebuilding process. So, for him to get to where he's at, you know, he had to build that in time. But now you have a playoff team in front of you. You have two of the best players, two of the top – I would say top 25 players in the NBA right now. So now you're starting kind of like what you ended with out West with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. You have two of the top young talent players. And the key for them is just keeping those guys healthy, you know, and then I'm expecting for uh, Tobias Harris, you know, if all the money he got, $180 million, like you got to like, like with that, with that amount of money. And, you know, I don't want to talk about some of those money, but you know, you expect a lot more, you know, you expecting for, a guy to win three or four games, let's say, I would say five to 10 games, just based on that contract alone. And when Joel and B get hurt or Ben Simmons out, that's his time to shine. So, you know, it should be 25, 20, and 22 amongst the three of them guys. So those three guys themselves should, should probably on a nightly basis get you 70 points. But you can't have a 25, a 25, and an eight. That just doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. With all the money that they that he's getting paid, is that that's not gonna work for me? Because if that's the case, then when it came down to choosing Jimmy Butler, or or let's say Embiid, or or or, or I would say um, I'm trying to think of the shooters that they have on the team that they let get away. Or he, even with um, you got to think about JJ Redick. I thought JJ Redick losing him hurt that team too. But when you have guys that can fill in. And there are specialists. You got to keep those guys on board. And I thought when they lost J.J. Redick, I thought losing Jimmy Butler, those are two guys that we knew exactly what they provided on a nightly basis. 
Absolutely. Let's pick up some NBA conversation. We still got to get to the finals with game two coming tonight before we finish up. We will transition back to the SEC, talk some SEC football, because our guest is on with us. We're talking about Jordan Dollinger, Ole Miss alum, coming in here with Hottie Toddy, host of the Believe in Everything Ole Miss podcast. Appreciate you joining us, Jordan. How you doing? I'm doing great. Can you guys hear me good? We hear you perfectly. Awesome. You're fine. Thanks. Excited to be here, guys. Well, Jordan, thanks. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Absolutely. Yes, I'm very busy in these quarantine times. <laughs> I have so much to watch on Netflix. <laughs> so you're still out in, so you're in California? Yeah, I live out here in LA now. It's been about two years. I moved out here okay. after I graduated. Um, yeah, so I'm just living large. And by large, I mean, <clears throat> very small. <laughs> <laughs> one, one, one of my favorite cities to visit is LA when I do come out there. So yeah. I, I was... Looking forward to coming out there and doing the Nike Basketball Academy this year. We've done it out there the last two years. And mm -hmm. when quarantine hit, I was like, man, I'm not going to get my trip out to L.A. I'm not going to get a chance to go out and go on Rodeo Drive. Do a little, not really shopping anymore. I, I go and look. Window shopping. Window <laughs> shopping now. Back in the day, I would go, I would go buy some things on Rodeo Drive. But now it's more about just uh, window shopping and, and looking at the nice cars. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When I have friends that come to visit, they're like, we want to go to Rodeo. And we get there and they're like, okay, so where is everything? I'm like, I don't know why you're asking me. I don't come here. <laughs> but it's fun, yeah. Well, good. A big adjustment. You're from Atlanta, right there where Tony's at. Yeah. Oh, she is. I didn't know that. Okay. ATL. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. ATL in the house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so my, my family moved there when I was six. So I'm from there. Um, or grew up there, not from there, but yeah. And then I went to Ole Miss, and that was a fun time. And now I'm here. I'm just, I just keep hopping west until I can't go any further. I think is what's happening. Well, well, you didn't end up in, you ended up in a really good place. So I don't think it gets any better than California. Although the taxes are extremely high. Don't even talk. Don't don't even talk about it. Oh gosh, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough, but you know, it's. It's what we do, right? You know, to yes, live this life. And yeah, so it's been a fun time for sure. But I make it back to Atlanta when I can to see my family and stuff. So well, good. I you know, do it again. Yeah. Don't, 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 like, as they tell you, Jordan, don't get too Hollywood on this. Because sometimes people go out there and they lose their mind in California. And they get too yeah. Hollywood and come back and they feel like they're better than everyone else. So don't you be that, don't you be that woman, okay? And we're going to hold I you won't. to that right now. We have this conversation. We're going to hold you to it. You guys keep this. And then in a few years, if I, if anything great happens to me, you can use it to reel me back in. There we go. We got it. Bring it back down. Awesome. That's right. That's right. Awesome. We got a game. We look less than 24 hours away from kicking mm -hmm. it off in Lexington. Both teams 0-1. Y'all trying to get a win. Kentucky's trying to get a win. So yeah. what's, the, what's the vibe in Rebel Nation right now after the – 51-35 loss to Florida. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think the vibe is um, we're hopeful, definitely. I think, that, I think that it's really important to note that with Lane Kiffin coming in his first year as, you know, the new head coach, I think that everybody wants us to roll in and win every game, right? There's so much talk about Lane Kiffin. He's so great. He's all, so wonderful, which he is all those things. Um, 
but we have to be realistic. He's not going to come in and win us 10 games. It's not going to happen. If we win five games, that would be great. Like we, we have to keep our expectations uh, realistic. Uh, we lost to Florida. I think it was a really good showing. It was so exciting to watch the, I mean, all of the plays, uh, both Kiffin uh, and Jeff Levy really just, it was so exciting. And I think that Yes, the loss to Florida was tough. Of course, everybody comes out and they want to win. But, you know, at the time, Florida was, what, ranked number five. I think they've moved up to number three um, in the AP polls after this past week. But that was that was tough. And I think we put up a, a good showing for as long as we can. I think that offensively we have, you know, so much to work with. I think defensively uh, we have much less to work with, but <laughs> fingers crossed there. But I think the, the vibe overall is that we're optimistic. Yes, we lost to Florida. I think some people expected that, even though you never want to lose, but it happened. I think we're moving on. And I think that it's, I think it's going to be a great game. I know that, like you said, both teams own one, both teams want that win. Um, but I think that there's a lot to look forward to. I think it's going to be a really fun time um, and I'm excited to watch. Jordan, so with, with Lane Kiffin coming there, I know Rebel Nation was, was all excited and expectation was extremely high, but mm -hmm. it's not his first time being in an SEC conference. And I know mm -hmm. he was so successful uh, being uh, one assistant coach at Alabama, but were the expectation too high to come out, you know, coming out against a really talented Florida team that, you know, put up a lot of points and put up a lot of yards. So going into the Kentucky game, I know the game plan is going to be totally different. And it seemed like uh, the defense was kind of young. Is there anything that you would say is going to be different from uh, how they played against uh, Florida? Yeah, I would say I totally agree with you. I think that the overall vibe when Kiffin was announced, everyone was like, oh my gosh, you know, our savior, like he's here, like thank goodness, right. which which is true in its, in some aspects. But at the same time, like I said, you know, we have to all be realistic. I think that like you said, also it's going to be a different game plan. Um, the the defensive line is young and it's it's really tough and it's tough because you want you want to match that you want you know is this amazing offensive line showing um, I think Ole Miss put up like over right around or over 600 yards like on total offense um, five touchdowns you know switching back and forth between Corral and John Race Plumley and I just think that there was so much happening on that side of the ball that it's just unfortunate that the you know on the defensive that side of things it just wasn't it wasn't the same uh, showing and I know that I know that I'm confident, though, because I know that Kiffin has a lot of confidence in his co-defensive coordinators, uh, DJ Jerkin and Chris Partridge. And I know that he believes in them, and I know that they're all working toward the same goal. And I believe in them, too, and I think that the Rebels do as well. So it was, it was definitely tough on that side of things. It's really tough to see your team, you know, make plays and make touchdowns and these crazy, like, trick plays. Like, there's, like, a 45-yard, you know, trick play. It's just re really exciting stuff and, like, fun stuff and sideline props and, like, all this really cool stuff. The game was so much fun, and it's just – it was tough to see, you know, it was tough that the defensive line couldn't match that, but I think that it's a work in progress, and I think that we – will get better. I don't think that this is going to be like the year for the Ole Miss defense to be, you know, showing out. I think it's going to be um, kind of an instructional like learning year, which is, which is fine. And, and what, you know, what you said about, you know, it's not Kiffin's first time in the SEC for sure. Um, but this weekend, if the Rebels win, it would be Kiffin's first win 
uh, as the head coach of an SEC team since 2009. So that's a, I mean, that's been a long time. Like he's been in it and he's has so much experience, but I think, I think it's a good mix of, you know, he, it's definitely not his first rodeo, but I think that it is really important because like he wants that SEC win as a head coach. Before V goes, I have another quick question. So I know it's, it's different when you have, you probably play against inferior opponents. Like you have the division two schools and some of these smaller teams coming in. I think when you come out the gate, you have to be extremely prepared and, when you come out out the gate against a number five team like Florida Gators, I mean, you have to be clicking on all cylinders. So I think even with Kentucky, you know, losing to Auburn and both teams coming coming away with with losses, is that when you don't have that that preseason game, which I would say a preseason game would be like if you're playing against an inferior opponent, do you think that makes a difference in the preparation going into a game like Florida, even a game like Kentucky right now? Because now you're coming out the gates against really good teams in your conference. Yeah, I think that it's kind of a a catch-22, right? Like, you've stripped away all of those kind of, like, you know, given games, you know, like, for every team's homecoming, they play, like, southeastern, western state of something. You're like, who? What happened? So, I think stripping it down to, like, a conference-only deal is is, is good and bad. I think that it's great because you're, you know, typically I think – like I said, like Ole Miss's first game is literally always some it's, – it's every school. You know, it's like some super small school where you're guaranteed that win almost so everyone gets excited for the season. And now it's like actually you don't get that. You're playing number five in Florida. And you're like – and, you know, you're playing number – what was Auburn? Like right up there in the AP poll too. So I think it's – yeah. So I think it's I, – I think that it's good for the team in the sense that they, like you said, right off the bat, like you're getting – you're going but I think it's not as great for the fans because you're like hmm that wasn't awesome but I think it's good because I think that I think the experience they had with Florida was I mean other than like literally playing like LSU or Alabama like something like that like right off the jump like I think that Florida was a good a good matchup for them because they got to see what it kind of pushed them you know like would we have scored five touchdowns with with any other game, I don't know. I we would hope so, but we're not sure. And so, like I said, coming out of the gate, um, switching back and forth between both quarterbacks was fun. Trick plays were fun. Um, you know, Kiffin was really utilizing um, like a senior tight end, and that's not really something that Ole Miss has ever done. Is um, kind of work with tight ends. Um, Kenny Uboa is like Kiffin's go-to. Um, he's like I said, a senior. So I just think I think that it was good that they got that experience right off off the gate same way with Kentucky getting that experience with with Auburn right out of the gate Auburn's fantastic right I think that it's something that kind of minimizes the like dipping your feet in and it's like we just jumped into 12 feet like we just did it so I think it's good I think it's good you know for the team I think it's great I think you know even though they lost I think Kiffin loved it because he was like look at that like Florida definitely pulled away with the win, but like almost hung in there, you know, had it tied up for, for what half the game almost until, you know, the whole defensive line just fell asleep and forgot they were playing. But other than that, um, you know, I think, I think it's, would have been nice to have one of those kind of like, you know, handed games, but I think it's good too, because I think it pushes the team. Um, and I think it makes it that much more, like really wanting that win, if that makes sense. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get to watch it, but I did. I watched the SEC Network. They had the the highlight package of all the the big plays from both sides. Mm-hmm. And just looking at it on the surface, you already touched on it. Um, 
642 total yards for Florida, 613 total yards for Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Both teams had four penalties. Both teams had one turnover. Looking just at the, the stats, it's pretty even, you know. But the same thing for Kentucky. They outgained Auburn. Kentucky was converting mm-hmm. third downs all day long, moving the ball up and down the field, and only had seven points at halftime. Didn't have anything to show for it. So, like Ole Miss, mm-hmm. same boat. You know, kind of shoot yourself in the foot. You you had chances. You went toe-to-toe, but the score doesn't show it. And, you know, there's a lot of a lot of mistakes that you made that, you know, mm-hmm. you won everything except the scoreboard, which is what <laughs> matters the most. Yeah, and I – same way with you, I watched the um, highlight reels for, for all the games, and it seemed like, uh, you know, when you see the, the Ole Miss-Florida score, you're like, oh, like some, you know, you, I feel like you see like the, any number in the 15, you're like, oh, they crushed them. But that really wasn't, you know, the case. And same way with you saying about Kentucky, like you guys were, were moving the ball, converting on third down, but it's like there, but then the scoreboard was like, you're like, hello, <laughs> are you keeping track? Like, so it's tough. It's tough when that's not reflective. Um, and I, I, I think that for, for both teams, I think that as this continues and move, moves forward, I'm just hoping that both my team and yours, maybe not this weekend, more my team, but then after that, your team too, uh, will start matching the field to the scoreboard. Exactly. Sure. exactly. I think both teams, like I said, this is an important week for both teams. So it's not like you want to come out and uh, be 0-2 to start the season. So this this is a – I'm not going to say a, a make or must game, but it, it, it is an important game, you know, because I'd rather be one and one and one at 0 and 2 in this conference right now. And like I said, with, with tougher games for both teams to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely. Mentioned, you mentioned Yaboa, and, you know, when I watched the highlights, he was making a ton of catches. Who are some of the other players to watch on, on offense? Whose name will we hear a lot tomorrow? And you mentioned the defense kind of struggling. Who should be maybe the defensive players that kind of step up and and kind of shore things up on that side of the ball? Whose whose name should we be looking to listen for tomorrow afternoon? Yeah, I would say I would say it's really tough on the defensive side. Like you guys had touched on, it's it's young, um, and I think that I think throwing in not only a new coach, new defensive coordinators, co coordinators, you know, a, a new quarterback. I think all of it is just really tough because. I think that you need all of those working parts to flow, right? So I think that anyone that isn't, you know, a, a freshman basically on that defensive line or, or coming in new transfer, things like that, they are all most used to John Rice Plum, Plumley, right? So last year when he was a then freshman, Corral started the season. I think he played the first four games of the 2019 season, left with a rib injury, and then John Rice Plumley took over pretty much the rest of the season, once Corral came back, once he was not injured anymore, he came in for just, I mean, plays here and there when they had to make like a big Hail Mary, so to speak, but he wasn't like, he didn't start after that, you know, so, so that defensive line, you know, they, that is just a whole different ball game from this. We didn't know who was going to be starting. We didn't know what was, was going on. I just think in terms of not having a preseason, not having those games to really like work the kinks out, I suppose. I just think it's a lot um, of newness that's really tough to kind of just hit the ground and run with. Um, obviously, you know, Matt Corral's novel starter um, had a really great game, his best game at Ole Miss so far. Um, but that wasn't even announced that he was the starter until, you know, the, the day before the game, which they might have known sooner than we did. But I think it's just, you know, and also Kiffin didn't in all his press conferences didn't really um, 
like allude to what exactly we could be, you know, what we could be seeing. And I think that that is, you know, I think they were just trying so many things. I think that's normal with a new coach. Um, but I just think that that side of the ball is just really new. I think it's tough. I think that that's, but that's all they can really, you know, work with is what they have. I'm just so much more confident on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I really would love for either John Rice Pumley or Matt Corral to get um, a, like a rushing touchdown. I think that'd be really fun this upcoming game, which I think is possible. Um, other than that though, I think we'll be okay. Um, wide receiver Elijah Moore caught um, 10 passes. I want to say for like 225 something wow. yard um absolutely incredible i mean averaging over you know i think it was 22 and a half yards per carry uh morris the only receiver in the ncaa this season to record over 200 receiving yards um out of all the games you know we're talking all of these you know number one number two number three the only one so that's i think i mean that's awesome um I think his longest reception was like just shy of 60 yards, which is fantastic. Um, we also had two other touchdowns, um, wide receiver, Dontario Drummond, uh, two catches for 60 yards, 60 yards, which if you do the math uh, is, is fantastic. Um, he also had that 45 yard trick play that I was talking about um, earlier when the quarterback um, threw it to Drummond and then Drummond threw it. And I, it, I think it's just, it's really fun. It's creative. It's, I think we're going to see more of that. I would definitely look out for Drummond definitely uh, to be featured in Kiffin's offense moving forward. And then running backs, Jerry on Ely and Snoop Connor both had a touchdown uh, this past game. And then one um, by the tight end, Kenny Aboa that I mentioned, I think that they are all going to get their hands on the ball as well. Um, plenty of touches in there. Um, and I, I think I'm going to make a bold prediction, but I think oh, this here <laughs> This didn't exactly work out last week. So last week we had a Matt Corral um, throw to John Rice Plumley, who was in, um, and it didn't work exactly. I don't know if it was too, it was like midway through the first quarter and they had already, I think, done a few, you know, funky plays here or there. So I don't know if it was um, that Florida caught onto it, but it didn't work. He just rushed for a couple yards. Um, and then we didn't see Plumlee until like two quarters later. Um, so that was tough, but I'm going to make a bold prediction that this game, uh -oh. I really think, I think, I think that it was so up in the air about either Plumlee or Corral being the starter. And even though kind of all signs pointed to Corral, Plumlee had such a show out year in 2019. Um, is such an incredible runner if you guys aren't totally familiar um literally the fastest quarterback in the sec like without a doubt um i mean his times are incredible like like four seconds like 410 or 413 or something I remember um, last year he could scoot oh my it's crazy it's 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 unbelievable so i think everyone was thinking that he would be you know the go-to starter but corral is the one that got the job did a fantastic job but there's there's no way that Plumlee cannot be in there. Whether he, I mean, what are they, what are you going to do with him? Are you going to make him a running back, make him a slot receiver? But you have to do something with him. You can't not let him get his hands on the ball. So I'm going to make a bold prediction that we are not going to see Plumlee and Corral switching in and out at QB as much as we did this first game because I think that Corral, um, at least for the time being, really showed that he is the man for that job. But I do think that... I think we're going to see Plumlee in a few other settings. I think that before we know it, he's going to be second string QB and like wide receiver one. I just feel like it's coming. I feel Ooh. like that it's bold, but I think, I think that he wants to play. I think that he wants 
you know, to be involved. And I think that if he only wants to be QB2 um, or switch in and out, I think that that's really going to limit him. So I'm going to make some bold um, predictions that he's going to be in there in some different um, capacities. And I think that I think I'm just envisioning it in my mind. I see a long 30 yard throw from Corral to Plumlee for the touchdown, running past everyone, no one around. Oh. I'm seeing it now, I'm envisioning the blues fading into the background. Easy I'm, I'm envisioning now. it. Easy now, Jordan. Nice. You guys are going to score too, but that's my one that I'm envisioning. Oh, Tony, you muted. We get unmute, Tony. Tony, you muted. Uh, what I haven't heard you talk about is talk about defense. You've been talking a lot about offense. So your defense is what lost the game against Florida. So you you was all excited about all these offensive plays and then this was gonna go on these trick plays, gonna do this, and but I haven't heard you say anything about defense. Do you understand that in the SEC you have to play defense? You forgot yeah. that. So their prediction I'm, tr I'm trying to their prediction though. Oh, she said she's trying to forget. I'm really I'm really trying to forget. Um, it was tough. It was, it was really tough. I, I was, I was disappointed just because I had watched so many, um, interviews and, and things with Kiffin where he, and he was just really confident in his co-defensive coordinators. And I know he still is. And I know that one game doesn't, you know, say that you shouldn't, but I, it was tough because I was just expecting, I would say, I was expecting a little more than, than, than what we what we got, and I I, I it's it's really tough. I just think that um, I think that I don't know if it needs to. I don't know what they they were like trying to do necessarily. I just felt like the amount of time that you know Florida's quarterback had was just. I just think that it's not. There's just no way it's you're never going to win a game if you're giving any other quarterback that much time in the pocket. It's just literally yeah. impossible. Like it's, it's just not. And I, I don't know if it's just because yeah. they were just outmatched, if they were confused, if they, I don't know. I don't want to say, uh, you know, certainly I'm sure not for a lack of trying, but yeah, it was just tough. I mean, there were zero sacks the entire game. I mean, that's what we live for. I live for the sack. Where is it? Like there was no <laughs> entire game no Jordan, um, you live for the offense stop stop lying you live for the touchdown You're not i live Jordan, i live i live, live for, for the, the offense <laughs> i do but i have a small a small piece in my heart that is dedicated to the sack um it's it's true i'm a baltimore fan so there's a small ray lewis shape in my heart that just wants everyone to get sacked but there was there was none of that going out, unfortunately, this game. But yeah, zero sacks. I think that's tough. A lot of the time in the pocket, especially when you know you're up against a quarterback that is as great as Florida's. And um, yeah, I just I I think it's really tough. I think that um, let's see, we have. I'm trying to think of anyone. I don't know that off the top of my head anyone on the defensive line that's a senior. I think it's like relatively young. I know that. Um, I want to say like. Jalen Jones, maybe is. Well, next um, time we get you back, next time we have you on, you're gonna know the defense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, a lot better. Okay, you gotta learn that defense, and then we'll come back because the offense is always gonna be exciting for everyone watching. All, all the viewers, we all yeah. get excited about the quarterback, the receiver, the running back. But 
we know in this conference, as I said earlier, if you can't play defense, you're not going. You're not going to have a successful season. It's going to be a long season. So, Kentucky and both the both of us really have to work on it. So, as much as we talk about what Kentucky did offensively, Ole Miss has to be the same on the defensive side as well as Kentucky. So, hopefully, both teams will have a better showing on the defensive side. But I, I'm like you, Jordan. I'm not going to lie to you. I do like seeing points. And Kentucky's going to try to run the ball all day and keep that offense off the field if if Kentucky can play it to their tempo because Ole Miss wants to be out there up and down, up and down, lighting up the scoreboard, throwing it 60 times a game. Kentucky's going to try to keep that offense off the field. They're going to try to have these long drives, try to get that running mm-hmm. game, try to eat that clock. So hopefully Kentucky can control the tempo. But before I let you go, got to get your, your score prediction for what you think is going to happen tomorrow. Give Ooh. us give the score. Will. Ooh, I'm going to do a, hmm, I don't know, I like you guys, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack a couple off for that. Ooh. Let's see. Ooh. I'm wow. going to go with, I'm going to go with final score is going to be Ole Miss. I'm going to go, ooh, hmm. Don't, don't give us some points. Give, give us some 30s. I know you want to give them 30-something, so. I do. Don't give it to I do. Kentucky, Kentucky allowed go. 30 points in over over a year and a half, too. So let's just oh. throw that in there on the well, defense side. Let's factor that in, Tony. Okay. Yeah. All right. So in that case, 30. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go final score 35-28. V, write that down. 35-28. Okay. At J Dollinger mm-hmm. on Twitter, everybody. At J Dollinger on Twitter. So y'all can hear Yes. Us. I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm the waiting. over I'm under. Waiting. So the over under of if you're betting on this game. <laughs> Which we are. <laughs> we have nothing else to see. do. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think it's gonna be a fun time. And then when Ole Miss does score over 30 points, I'm gonna send you guys a cake in the shape of a 3-0. Oh. Oh, oh, okay. All right. We talking I love it. <laughs> but hey, listen, real quick. If they don't, just cut all this out. Don't say it. Just cut all this out of the episode. Delete this episode, she's saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say, I don't know her. I don't know who that is. <laughs> that was a Hollywood moment. I don't know what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it, was, uh, it was crazy. Because all the sunshine and the palm trees, it just went to my head. Uh, no, I think it's going to be a really good game, though. I do think I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm excited to watch. All right. Jordan The predictions are in. Believe yes. in everything Ole Miss. I want to know, know what you guys think. I want to I know a score prediction from you guys as well. Or an over. I want to know. Okay. I have to know. Tony Joke is giving you, I'm, I'm going to make this quick, Kentucky 28 Oh, Miss Twenty One. <laughs> no, you know, you know, no, I, I take it back. Okay, let, 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 let me let, let me rephrase it. Kentucky Thirty Five. <laughs> Kentucky Thirty Five. I'm going twenty twenty eight. Okay, I think 35. that sounds really. That sounds really good. I'm just flipping the script. I'm saying thirty. That sounds really good. I'm saying thirty four twenty four Kentucky. Okay. Oh, this will be fun. So we're all we're all in the same range. Yeah, so we'll we see. are. Mm-hmm. Love we it. Awesome. Appreciate you taking the time, and everybody check out the Believe in Old Miss podcast. Jordan's out there on these Believe podcast streets, 
just like we are doing her thing every week. But so. she's in Hollywood doing her thing, though. Yeah, in the West Coast. She's doing it differently. She's doing it on the West Coast differently than what we're doing here in the South. So much so, love to Jordan. Promoted doing, I uh, believe, in <laughs> the Rebels. Oh, Miss. Absolutely. Awesome, West guys. West Coast hottie toddying out there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying. I, I say it and people look at me like I'm crazy, but it's going to catch on. Don't worry. Absolutely. <laughs> it's going to catch on out here. Great. Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me. It was so much Take fun. Uh, yeah, thank you, guys. Have a good okay, weekend. So, okay. Good awesome. Fun. Thanks, guys. Jordan Dollinger bringing the old Miss flavor TD. Yes, she did. She did. Talk that talk I mean, Hey, she had me pumped about the game on uh, on Saturday, man. I'm, I'm I'm excited about it. I, I think I'm going I'm going to watch just because I gave predictions. And yeah. please, Wildcats, don't don't let us down. Don't let us down. That's right. Because that means we have to go back to Jordan again and 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 have her basically hammer us and make us feel less than men. Mm-hmm. Four o'clock SEC Network. Cats can get it done. Bouncing back. Oh, what you got for game two tonight of these NBA Finals? The Heat are kind of injured and, and limping around, man. Bam is not going to play. Drogic's not going to play. Ugh. And, and then- are, you, are, you, are you serious, man? You know, you know who win this game tonight? Mm. The Lake Show, man. They Like I told you, unless you have someone on your team that can stop LBJ, it's going to be hard to beat them. And you're talking about now the Miami Heat, who are – Two players down, two of their two of their top scores down, gonna be the LBJ team is not gonna happen. So Lakers 2-0, hopefully get a healthy bam. I don't know if Dragic's gonna come back, but I just don't think they have the firepower without those two guys out. And you almost have to play the perfect game against this Laker team right now because they do have experience with you know with Danny Green, Rondo, and LBJ guys who won. Uh, won a championship um, is that now that team, you know, when you see guys go down and you hate, you hate to see anyone get injured, even going back to last year with Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant going down, you know, I want to see a team at full tilt and we're not going to be able to see this Miami Heat team who has won some really good series, but when you don't, when you don't have all your firepower, it's going to be tough to beat that. Hey, that, that dude out in L.A., man, he's a monster. At 35, still doing what he's doing. I mean, it's incredible. And I, if I saw it right, the Lakers, you know, like Shaq likes to say, you, you got to get help from the others. <laughs> they went, I think. I'm going to put my hood on, man. I'm going to put my hood on. You said, <laughs> I think they're 11 of 17 from three, the Lakers. So the Kuzma and the Danny Greens and all those guys were stepping up. Guys who've been missing in action, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Like, it, it strikes it those, those others. He mm-hmm. called them the others. When the others step up, because I, I pretty much, we pretty much know you're going to get 65 to 7 from LeBron and AD. So if everybody else chip in, if you get a 7 from Rondo, a 10 from Kuzma, a 9 from Green, you know, KCP, if he give you a 13, those point totals start adding up. And, and before you know it, you into the hundreds. And, that's what I tell people about the playoff. You know, you know what the stars are going to do, but it's, it's what the role players do that help you win games. Absolutely. So, yeah, 9 o'clock here. We're about to jump off and, and, and check that out and see how long the heat can hang in there. Uh, we covered all the coaching news. Thank all the new listeners that we got from La Terrain and the Sea of Blue. I got a little message that I'm going to read because 
It's got that Harlan County flavor. That's where I'm from, Harlan County, southeastern Kentucky. Got a message from Andrew the other day. He said, hey, I don't mean to bother you, but I just listened to you and Tony and read some of the articles that you wrote. I'm from Harlan County. Cool to see someone from here doing something so awesome. Just want to congratulate you on getting to work in the sports world with a legend like Tony Depp. You do a great job. Keep it up. I'll tune in and read your stuff every chance I get. So shout out to my man, Andrew. Boom. From my Appreciate home. the love, man. Harlan County, Kentucky, man. So that was that was cool to see that message. Show my love to yeah. your own. Yeah. So, um, and two more quick things. I got to brag, man. Juicy Glover, James Juicy Glover, born 1931. He's, he's in bad health right now. But he went to Kentucky State. He's from Sawmill Hollow, a little bitty neighborhood in Cumberland, Kentucky. He was the first black center in the NFL, played for the Baltimore Colts wow. and the Chicago Bears. He graduated Kentucky State in 1956, then played in the Canadian League after the NFL for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Thoughts and prayers out to Juicy Glover because his health is not that well right now. And I, I, I love that name, man, Juicy Glover, man. James Juicy Love. When you can be called juicy, man, that means you got to be nice, brother. So, hey, like I said, prayers out to him and his family uh, in, in these tough times right now. So yeah. we're praying I, for you. I'll take you a couple of pictures. They, they got some of the young pictures of him from when he was doing his thing at Kentucky State and NFL. I had to send you a couple of shots. Of, yeah, of, man, send me some shots. And lastly, Jerry Edwards, Coach E, uh, coach and teacher right there in Lynch and Benham and Cumberland where I grew up. They named a little park after him in Lynch, Kentucky, right behind the black school, uh, the West Main School there in Lynch, the Lynch Pirates, where my mom went before they integrated up until the fourth grade. They named that park behind the school after Jerry Edwards, Jerry Edwards Memorial Park. So I just got to give love to everybody from my little no big doubt. town, TD. So I hated to do that. out, man. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and much love, man, because when you have people who have paved the way, we got to send shots out to them, and there's no better way to do it than on social media. So much love to all those who helped pave the way for us, for people like you and myself. Absolutely. Man, I enjoyed this like we always do. Glad you had a, a great vacation. Next time, Absolutely. Tell, them, tell them don't text you next time I'm gone, but I'm glad you <laughs> Glad the airport hey. was safe. Glad the beaches were safe. Yes, <laughs> man. Everything was good, man. So, like I said, if you get a chance to take a trip to Mexico, they will take great care of you. Sounds good. Enjoy yourself. Hey, man, and and give, right, my brother. give our sympathies to them Falcons fans. They keep choking, man, blowing leads. Oh, oh hey, listen, man. Another episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take brother. Care. Talk to you. Stay take warm, care. Man. All right. The episode of Believing in Tech in the Books, y'all. Tony Delp, this is Vinny Hardy. Check us out wherever you get your podcast. We'll be there. Believe in Kentucky, believe.com, believe podcast network. Stay safe, enjoy the game. Go cats. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v 
on YouTube.